Welcome to the Business Life Enjoy podcast, where we strive to help women live life and do business on the other side of busy. If you want to live a life of intention, be proactive with your time and bring your vision for the future to life one today at a time, you are in the right place at the right time. I'm your host, Shante Grant, creator of the Best Today Guide, mom, wife, and encourager to women just like you. Thank you for being present with me for today's episode of the Business Life Enjoy podcast. Let's get started. Hello, 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 friends, and welcome to today's episode of the Business Life Enjoy podcast. Here is your fair warning for today. You do not want to listen to this episode without pen and paper. If you are listening while you're out for your jog, walk, run, drive, make a note to come back to today's episode. Go on and listen because this is going to be an episode you're going to listen to more than once, like guarantee. But make a note to come back with pen and paper because our guest today, Steph Crowder, is giving you a crash course. Let me not say crash course. She's giving you a course on how to make selling simple and how to really think about selling if you are a business owner. So you are going to want to listen. She gives you discrete, like actual steps, like do this, then do this, do this. And she tells you why. And as she's talking, you'll hear in our conversation, I'm like, yes, that's true. That's true because I did that. And this and this and this, like it was so good. I took so many notes to come back and share with you all. But you know what? I want you to get it all from her. She's going to give you, I think if I wrote down correctly, five steps on how to make selling really simple in your business, how to reframe what you're thinking about selling. And I can't wait for you to start listening to this conversation between Steph and I. So I'm going to get out of the way and I'm going to let you listen. And don't forget to tag her to let her know how much you enjoyed today's episode. Let her know you're listening. We love to show our guests lots of love here on the Business Life Enjoy podcast. And without further ado, here's my conversation with Steph Crowder, who's going to talk to you all about making selling simple. Let's go. Hello, everybody, and welcome to today's episode of the Business Life Enjoy podcast. I am so excited. We are talking to my friend today, and we're talking about something that is 1000% necessary if you want to be a business owner, if you want to be in business, if you want to make money, it's really important to know how to sell. And so Steph is going to come and share with us her amazing framework, but also just kind of dispel some myths and kind of help you really change the way you're thinking about selling. But before we get to all of that fun stuff, let's meet her. Let's say hello. Uh, Steph, can you please say hello and tell us a little bit about you? Yes. Hello. And thank you, Shante, so much for having me on your podcast. I am so, so excited to be here. We're going to have a lot of fun talking about selling and how to make selling feel simple. Think that that like, you don't think of the word simple when you think about selling. So the idea that it can be simple, I I think is really exciting. So uh, just a little bit about me. I run a business called Courage and Clarity, where I really focus on helping people get customers, whether it's your first customer or your next customer. But I really love helping people work with what they already have and what they already know. Because the truth is, everybody knows something. Everybody has something to share based on life experience and all that good stuff. And oftentimes, your best ideas for selling are right under your nose. And we we tend to complicate it so much and think it has to be so much harder than it is. So I really help people simplify. And Shante, I know you are a big, big into simplicity. And so I help people do that with their sales process and what it is that they're selling. And I got into this work originally right out of college, like wet behind the ears. I started at tech giant Groupon. I was a sales rep and like making cold calls, like, you know, churn and burn a hundred dials a day, trying to get people to sign up for Groupon when it was like in its heyday back in 2010 in Chicago. And ultimately I ended up becoming part of the sales training team. And I was ultimately the director of sales training for all of North America. So I traveled to Europe. I taught our sales process over there. And so I really became well-versed in what I like to think of as a consultative sales process. So I know we're going to be talking a lot this, about this a lot today, but most of us, when we think about sales, we think about, you know, 
uh, the churn and burn, boiler room, always be selling coffee is for closers type approach. But selling truly can be so much more fun. It can be about storytelling and it can honestly be about getting really good at listening to what people need and simply providing a solution and uh, making it feel like an invitation from a friend. Yeah. Oh, I love that. That's that that makes that's so good. I wrote down like we said, work with what you have and what you know. Like that is so key. Like that is how I got to where I am today. Like I didn't know the things I know today, but I started with like what I knew back then, which was not a lot. <laughs> um, and just started. And I really I think that is it's so simple. And I don't know if people just don't believe me, don't believe you, but it really is what do I have right now? What do I know? And then as you build on that you start to learn more and then you can do more with the thing, the new things that like you have, the new tools that are coming in your belt. So I love that. I want to know um, what, what is it about that you see when you, cause you work with so many people and helping them sell. What are some of the things people bring to you that you can tell is completely blinding them from being able to be effective with selling? What are the things they've told themselves or their misunderstanding of what selling is? Like, what are those main things you see consistently over and over again? Yes, such a good question. So it appears two ways, I think. The first one is more on the nose and like obvious. The other one is a bit deeper. The first one is I hear people often say, and for everybody listening, I bet you have felt this way, oh gosh, I don't want to be pushy. I don't want to be salesy. I don't want to convince people. I don't want to have to beg. I don't want to take people's money. You know, even right now we're recording in June of 2020. There's the coronavirus. There's all this stuff happening where people's wallets have been impacted and people feel like they're being a burden by selling. So that is always, I think, one of the very first things that almost everybody resonates with. And then something that I think is a bit deeper is more, most people feel like they don't know what they bring to the party. And they sort of come to me saying things like, I don't know the perfect words to say. How do I, how do I, nail my pitch and you know how do i convince people how do i get them to say yes <laughs> and whenever i hear people saying things like this which is super common i think all of us have asked that question even me and i've been a sales pro for 10 years now it's always an indication to me that i'm in convincing mode okay and so one thing to to think about right off the bat that it honestly tends to feel like you're lifting 20 pounds off your shoulders is that you don't have to convince anybody to do any anything in fact it's impossible people make their own decisions and we do not convince them to do anything instead what we do is we present people with an opportunity and if they see themselves in that picture if they see that transformation as one that's relevant to them then they say oh yeah this is the thing i need and they sell themselves and so really we want to think about shifting from convincing mode which feels sleazy desperate beggy pitchy to discovery mode which is all about and Shante, I think you do this so well. Anybody who follows you on Instagram knows this. You ask questions of the people who are paying attention to you. You observe their needs. You get curious. You don't uh, bury your head in the sand and like make up a product and hope that it sells. Instead, you observe the gaps in the market. Like I think about the best today guide that you created. That was, you saw a need that no one else was doing and you created something from that. And of course what's happening, that thing is selling like hotcakes. And of course it is because there was a, a gap in the market. And so when you come at it from that discovery mode versus, Oh, let me convince everybody. It gets to be so much more fun. Yeah, that is so, that make. I mean, that's so true. I, okay, I need you to say what you said again. I was trying to write it down. Like, okay, you said rather present them with an opportunity. I just got transformation, but whatever it was, I'm going to just go back and listen to this episode, but <laughs> it was like poetry. I was like, yes, yeah. that. Yes. Like, it was so good. I don't know if like, you know how genius comes out once. I don't know if you like remember, it, whatever you said, y'all go back and listen to that again. Like I tried to write it down, but I was also trying to listen but it was, that is a perfect way to look at it because I think, I mean, I can't even re rephrase the way you said it, but for me, like you said, um, you think of ideas that when you look at what people need, I think about right now, like we have the routine workshop mm -hmm. that wasn't on our list for when we were planning 2020, that came up, that was nothing. No yes. one thought of that. Just at the beginning of the quarter, when we sat down to plan quarter two, that wasn't anything, a routine workshop wasn't even something we thought of. I saw that you were doing a workshop and I was like, a workshop? Yep. Huh. And then I, I even, I think I might've even said to that to you. I was like, yes. huh. 
that's something that's it's a one month thing. So it's like, what do people need? Like right now, it's not a long term commitment. And now that it's become, I mean, we are 11 days in July and we're recording this and I haven't in our next month one is almost sold out and I hadn't even said anything, but it's because I did it the month before and this month and people are talking about it. And that was just something that I saw. Okay. People right now are struggling because they need some structure when everything else feels unstructured. So I love talking about that. I don't want to make a commitment. I don't want to make a course. I don't want to, but I can help you for this month. I can give you a workshop and then give you a place to talk to other people. And it was just looking at what people need and realizing, and that just created a whole, it's crazy. It's been crazy, but it came from, like you said, being in that discovery mode and thinking about what do people need right now? Um, Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's it's proof that what you're saying is that's exactly what happened over here. We just did that. And I saw kind of, like I said, what you were doing. And I was like, that is a good fix for this problem that I see people have because I don't know how long it'll last or, you know, how, if I'll love it. But sorry, yeah. I just got so caught on what you were saying. It was so good. No, um, if I can give even just a little like uh, teaching moment that I love to talk about uh, with my students that I think the part that you were locking in on was talking about the transformation and people needing to see themselves in that transformation. Yes. And so um, here's my favorite example of this. So think about this. Just This is where I love sales because sales shares a border with human psychology. Okay. And so people need to see themselves in a story. That's what makes that's good salesmanship. That's what makes people buy. My favorite example of this is I want everybody to think about going to a wedding and you know, like a month later, the photo album hits Facebook of the wedding and you see yourself tagged, right? You go to that photo album. It's like our wedding day. And you go click through those photos. Who are you looking for? Don't even pretend you're looking for the bride and groom. You are looking for pictures of yourself. How did you look in your dress? Did you have too much to drink? How were your dance moves, right? And that doesn't make you a selfish or egotistical person. It's just human nature. We like to see ourselves reflected back in stories. And so we have to make our sales stories reflective of the transformation that people truly seek because then it's like a no-brainer. And that makes them say, oh my gosh, of course I need this workshop that gets me back to routine because it's coronavirus and routine. Oh my gosh, I need that so badly. Right. It's like, so such an easy sell because I can see how that transformation is going to play out in my own life. Yeah. What do you do for the person who says, but I just do this. I don't offer anyone a transformation. I Mm. just do blank. Cause I'm sure you hear that. And I, we both know for a fact, whatever that blank is, you're offering that person a transformation, but how do you, how do you help that student? Yes. That's a great question. So this gets a little bit into part of what I wanted to talk about with the Selling Made Simple framework, which is thinking about what I call the before and after picture. So everybody by the end of this episode is going to know this about me. I'm, I really like teaching in analogies. You already heard one. Here comes another one. When you think about like those late night infomercials about weight loss, right? Like those diet pill commercials what do they always show you? They show you those before and after pictures and the person will be, you know, like 200 pounds overweight. And then they show that like svelte person with the huge baggy pants. And you're thinking to yourself, like skeptically, you're like, I don't really think that that's real, but there's still a part of your brain that's like, is that, did that person really get those results? And so there's something, there's a reason that those companies tend to do those before and after pictures over and over again. You see it with skincare, hair care, all of those things, because People are visual. And again, they want to see that story arc. And so what I want you to think about, whether you're in you know, a industry where the action and the transformation is super clear, or you might feel like it's a little bit nebula- nebulous, there is still a customer journey. There is still a point A and a point B. Here's an example I like to share that is to the point of like, well, I sell art, right? Like, how about a fine artist? Like, I commission, you know, paintings that cost multiple thousands of dollars. Uh, some people call this like, I sell vitamins, not painkillers, right? Like, I don't take people's pain away. I am, you know, selling beautiful things that people are, you know, I'm not curing cancer over here. Sometimes people say things like this to me. And my example of for like a, a fine artist and how they can tap into this idea of transformation of point A to point B 
is think about where somebody starts. Imagine you're in your, a a customer, a person is in their home and they have this like beautiful family room. Maybe it's even the reason they purchased the home. When they walked through it for the first time, there's the fireplace, there's a mantle, and they could just see their furniture filled with family and friends gathering and enjoying each other, having conversation and good food. And you move in, that person moves into the house and they really want to bring that vision to life of family, of fun, of memories. And that mantle, needs the perfect piece of artwork that is going to make people feel welcome, that's going to reflect the values of the home. And so when you find that perfect piece of art or that whatever, you know, this is just one example that makes somebody feel something that makes them, you know, people come over and say, wow, like look at that piece of art. And it gives you that feeling that you're looking for that again, reflects what you stand for that's really important to people. That means that's something really meaningful. And so there's still sort of that point A and point B, right? Point A is like, man, this room's missing something. I want to bring it all together. And then point B is, wow, we have this beautiful piece of art that makes me feel something amazing inside of me every time I walk by it. And it's still a transformation. It just doesn't happen to be something that, you know, that that's going to make someone feel like they're missing out on, you know, it's not like you're curing cancer, like I said before, but it's still something that's so important to that individual. Absolutely. Because even as you were talking, I was thinking, I know sometimes a lot of people who sell physical products who feel like, well, I'm not coaching, I'm not helping someone with their their health or their, but I just think about um, two things as you're talking. One, like when I think about because of Zoe and headbands, what we're giving them is we're completing that image that people have in their heads. I know when I found out I was having a girl, the first thing I bought was a headband from this little shop downtown Greenville. Um, and it's because I had a picture in my head of having a little girl in my arms and seeing that headband on. When she gets the the product from me and puts it on her daughter we have given we have made that whole story that narrative we've closed it for her and that's the satisfaction that then makes her want to feel it again and that's why they come back and order more of the hair but it's like we the transformation is i was thinking about you know my daughter sitting here with this outfit and i need that perfect piece and now there was the before we got that product and the after that it that there is a transformation and there is still a narrative that the customer's telling themselves. There's like what I think about life before I had that handbag. Oh, and now when I have that handbag, look at this, you know, everyone has that. And it, when you're talking about art, uh, my best friend actually is an artist. And I remember one of the stories she told me, a woman bought a piece that she loved from her, hung it in their home. And then I think like a couple of weeks after she passed away and her husband emailed um, my friend and said, I'm so glad that we have this paint because the last thing I remember that brought her so much joy was your painting. And now every day I walk by this painting and I'm reminded of the joy she had to hang it and it sit there, sits there in our home. And I'm just like, no one on the planet should underestimate the value of what they do. Um, because like you said, we need the vitamins too, because the, if we have the vitamins, it, maybe we won't need the painkillers, you know? So I think that's really important, but I know someone was going to say, well, yeah, that's easy when you're selling weight loss transformation or mindset transformation, but I'm just giving them widgets or whatever. So I wanted you to really make that point, no matter what you, if you're in business and you don't believe in the thing you're selling, then I think that's kind of the a bit, you know, thing that's going to hinder you, but we all are offering some kind of transformation or helping complete a story that a customer has, I think, in their head about what life is going to be like when they have that thing that we're offering. Yes. And um, it reminds me too, talking about because of Zoe, when you came on my podcast, which is a little while ago now, we, I remember you saying like, it's more than just hair bows. Like it's not, it wasn't, it was never just hair bows. And so for anybody out there, even if you have sort of thought to yourself, oh, I'm just, you know, making you know, clay pottery or something. No, there's so much more to that story and it becomes so much more fun. I mean, I think you can already tell just by listening to us talk how much more fun you could have talking about that narrative versus like, you know, we have the best materials. This also brings up the difference between features and benefits. This is something that people, I think it's really easy to miss the mark on when you're first learning about selling is there's a difference between features and benefits for a customer. Features tend to be what we think we need to sell, right? What are the bells and whistles? Oh, my hair bows have, we use the fanciest material, right? Uh, 
durability. You think about selling coaching packages, right? Like you're going to get this many, this many zoom calls. You're going to get access to the Facebook group. That stuff's all great, but that's the, those are the features. And when people are purchasing, that's not really what they're buying on. Sure. Features could seal the deal for them. Absolutely. They might justify their purchase with the features, but it's important for everybody to remember that human beings back to psychology, we make buying decisions based on emotion and we justify it with logic. Logic helps us not have buyer's remorse, but the initial decision is about emotion. You have to make them feel something. You have to make them uh, be able to see, again, how their lives will look different. And then those features come in on the back end, like, oh, guess what? These bows I bought are the best material and they're from recycled plastic or whatever. But you know, those are justifying the decision. What people are really buying is that narrative that you talked about. You know, I learned that lesson when I was early in the course creation phase. I thought, okay, if I want to charge X price, I'm going to have to have 17 bonuses and create this. And so I just started making stuff up or saying, um, not making stuff up, but like basically adding things that you don't need to get the result. The promise of the program is this, and you only need this. And maybe these two things will kind of answer two questions that will come up after you get this. But I would think, well, I need to have five bonus, like, and I would just start creating downloads. And these are feature, feature, features, as opposed to thinking about, okay, the benefit is here's the prompt. Cause I, that's how I start everything. What's the promise? What can I guarantee you? If you do these things, this is the thing I can promise you. Right. Um, when I learned to focus on just that, because even just now when we were working on creating Right Now Routine, which is coming out soon, well, actually by the time this is out, it's out, but I was thinking um, it's just one video, like one video, that's it. And I was like, well, should I break this video up to um, multiple videos so people can see? Like, And I was like, no, just one video, first of all, because I don't want the excuse of, oh, I just watched the first video. I only have two more to watch. But also I was like, it doesn't need to look like a lot of stuff. The whole point of what I do is helping people with their time. So I'm just going to give you exactly what you need. No bells and whistles. And like I said, I focus on the benefits. Like, But here's what this one video and four worksheets will do for your life. And that's so interesting as you were talking. I was like, man, I just saw myself, my before, like when I was early on. And then I just thought about like me in the past few weeks saying one video, four worksheets, watch it transform. Even creating the same thing years ago, I would have been like, okay, but maybe I need to do like a bonus here and an extra thing here. And that actually takes away from the benefit because now I'm just creating all these features for the feature sake. So as you said that, I was like, that is so true. Really focus in on what is the promise of this thing? What's the benefit you're going to get out of that? That's a really good distinction. I love yes. that. And also just to add on to that, uh, when you focus on benefits instead of features, that's also going to keep you, that's going to help you stand firm in what you charge and your price. When you're too focused on features, that's when you're going to start getting into discount mode, right? You're going to start to feel like, well, what is this really worth, right? You're just, you're haggling with people. That, that's when sometimes you'll have people say, oh, geez, this product costs $2,000, but I'm only getting six Zoom calls. And that's how you know that it's not, they're not, they don't get it, right? Because you haven't set it up for them to understand. Listen, I don't care if I have one Zoom call or 12 Zoom calls. If you're giving me this transformation that I really need, great. I don't care if I have to go to the moon. It doesn't matter what we're doing. It matters what's coming out of that and how I'm different as a result of it. I love it. This is so good. This is so good. Y'all go back and listen to this whole episode again and take <laughs> note. If you're not now, I have my pad. I'm already on my second sheet. I'm about to flip over. Um, Cause it's so true. And it just, I know it's true because as you're talking examples of, I'm like, this is, this is what I needed to know years ago because I know it now, but only because I did all the things you're saying, don't do, <laughs> don't do that. So yeah. yeah, I did that. Oh, don't do that. Oh yeah. I did that too. So this is so good. So let's get into your framework. Um, you have, <laughs> A, a signature framework that really helps people make selling simple. Talk to us about what that is and how we can start applying that right now. Yes. So this is great because we've already kind of hinted at some of them. So we can just go deeper on those specific pieces. So the first thing is there's kind of five, I guess you could call them steps. Um, but then there's like a little pre, pre-step, which we already covered. So I'll just touch on it briefly to remind everyone getting yourself into discovery mode versus that convincing mode. So every time you feel yourself begging, 
finding the quote unquote perfect words. You feel pressure. You feel very attached to the results, like that feeling of, oh my gosh, if this launch bombs, then I'm screwed. That's an example of attachment. Uh, Sleazy, awkward. You just don't feel like yourself. Then that's a really good little indication that you've drifted into convincing mode, which listen, happens to everybody. It happens to Shantae. It happens to me. It's just like meditation. Like, you know, when you're doing meditation and they always say your thoughts are going to drift and you just don't judge yourself, just like come back to focusing on your breathing. Same thing with staying in that discovery mode when you're thinking about sales. So discovery mode feels like curiosity, genuine interest, faith that things will work out, like faith that you will figure out the right answer by listening. Um, The ability to listen without trying to fill all the space. That's a big thing too. When you're maybe having a conversation with a potential customer, you're not rushing in to solve all their problems. You're really actively listening and you're thinking and you're saying, wow, that's so interesting that people feel it that way and not rushing in to solve everything for them and focusing on finding a good fit for someone versus forcing them to do anything. Mm -hmm. So that's really that first thing is just shifting from that convincing mode, which tends to be the default setting for most of us, because let's be honest, we all want to have successful businesses. We want to feed our families, like absolutely. But that convincing mode is not going to get you where you want to go. Discovery mode is where it's at. So that's kind of the first piece is just that, that mindset shift. Um, and then from there, the first thing to think about, we have not really touched on this one yet. I have, Shantae, I actually don't know how you feel about this one, but I personally, I I like have a little controversial opinion on this part. The whole like concept of ideal customer avatars really bothers me. Yes. You're shaking your head. No, we're not, we're not really into that. The whole idea that you sit down with pen and paper and you think like you make up a person, right? Like Susan, uh, gets a venti latte at Starbucks and she has a golden doodle. Like a lot of people teach these marketing (laughs) avatars that way. And it's just not that useful, right? So when you're thinking about, the first step is to figure out who are you talking to? Like who is the transformation for? And I have a really simple, fun exercise for discovering it. Again, it's probably right under your nose, which is what I like to call the one person test. The one person test is to just imagine, take a minute. This should be the first person who comes to your mind, someone that you've met in real life, a friend, relative, colleague, acquaintance, who is just like the perfect fit for the thing that you want to do. Just like who comes to mind? Somebody who struggles like in Shantae's case, right? An example of somebody who's really struggling with routine, somebody who could just really benefit from having more routine in their life. You want to think of just one person. If you were sitting in a coffee shop with them, this person would be basically articulating the problem that you're hoping to play with. So you want to think of who that person is and just jot their name down. That's the very first step. And with that, writing down in just a sentence or two, why did that person come to mind for you? Why is that person, you know, the one who, an example I always like to use is like, let's pretend that you're trying to help busy moms get food on the table for their families. Like, you know, those of us with kids know dinner time can be such a pain. Who comes to mind if that's the problem that you're trying to solve? You're sitting in a coffee shop with someone and they're saying, oh my gosh, like I just wish I could get a healthy dinner on the table that my kids would eat. Who is that person? And just start with that. That's the very first step is just completing that one person test. Yeah, I love that. I think I do something similar. I think about the problem as opposed to the person. I think like for me, when we were just thinking about the best day brand, I'm like women just, it's their time. Like, and it looks like different women. That's why the avatar doesn't work for me because I have women in my audience who are married with children, who are single, but they all have the same problem with time. It's just there are different reasons why their time feels so stripped. One is because, oh, I work a job where I'm expected to work, you know, build 80 hours. And the other one might be because I have children and childcare and soccer and whatever, and they can look very different. And if I did an avatar, I would completely miss a whole portion of my audience. But the thing that combines all the women that I work with is they want to be proactive and intentional with their time. And so even when I, I always lead with that, because I know if I lead with that, then I'm going to talk to many different types of women. But the thing that unites us is we want to be proactive and intentional with our time. So I always repeat the common commonality and not say, 
are you 36 with two children and you're tired of driving your Volvo around? You know, that would just alienate so many people who could still really benefit from what I do. I even look like within um, the routine workshops we have, we have women who are like, I have too much free time. And so I procrastinate because I'm single. It's me, my dog, and that's it all day. And other people, women are like, Whoa, I wish that was me. I have no time because, but they still need routine. That's the thing that brings them together. Whether they're saying I have too much time or saying I don't even have three minutes to use the bathroom by myself, you know, but those two women who are so different have a same thing. They, that routine could give them the thing that they're in need of. So that's why I had a problem with the, like the avatar. Cause I was like, it would completely block out uh, 98% of my audience because it's so varied. So for me, what I do is I focus on what's the problem that brings these people together, kind of like what you were saying. And that's that's what I talk about. I don't talk about like just moms. Of course, I attract moms because I am a mom. But if I'm doing my job right, I'm going to att- also attract. And that's how I know. I'm like, okay, I'm also attracting people who aren't or people who are empty nesters because I'm not just saying I'm showing life as a mom because that's me right now. But I'm still here to help you, even if you can't relate to the whole mom thing, because it's still this problem I'm after is this over here. And it's for more than just this cookie cutter person. Does that make sense? It makes so much sense. And what you're talking about, I am like, we are singing out of the same hymnal because the way I uh, describe this is filtering by problem. So you don't have to filter by person like archetype if you filter by problem. Same thing is true in my community. I have people as young as 25, as old as 75. All of them, what what unites them is they want to go from hearing crickets to having real customers. I don't really care where you come from. You can be from all over the world. If you have that problem, I want to help you. And so doing this one person test, the other thing that you mentioned is it's not grounded when we do the ICA, the ideal customer avatar, it's not grounded in reality. And so it lacks truth, right? When we do the one person test, the reason I like to have people do that is because it helps them discover the problem. You can articulate yours so well because you've been doing this for a while and you've worked with a lot of real people. A lot of the folks I work with are like, I don't know, I can't describe what problem I'm solving. I know I can help with something. And so I always like to point them to, great, pick a person, write about their story. Where do they start? What are they saying? And what ends up being really cool, and I'm sure you could do this, Shantae, is like you were just saying, you could write, you know, three different one-person tests, and they would all sound a little bit different, but the journey that they're about to go on is similar because they're starting in the same or or a similar starting point, and you're going to help them get to the other side. So if you're someone listening to this and you're like, I don't know how to articulate the problem that I solve, start with a real person and think about what does it sound like coming out of their mouth, right? The example I used was, hey, I just want to be able to put dinner on the table for my family, and oh my gosh, it's 6 p.m., and I'm like, giving the kids fruit snacks. That might be what the problem sounds like. So begin with the reality of it. I love that. All right. What's next? Yeah. So that's the first thing. Once you've kind of got your one person, that's where you can start to write that before and after story that we've touched on a little bit. So I want you to think about that one person. And if you are someone like myself or like Shantae, who has sort of different one persons. That's cool too. You can do this with multiple individuals if you like. Um, but starting with the before picture. Here are just a few, uh, I jotted down just a few questions that you can sort of begin to craft their story. So starting with the before picture, what you want to do is create a clear and realistic picture. Remember, because we're trying to get people to be able to see themselves in the story, just like we talked about the importance of painting your person into the story. So some questions you can ask yourself when you're writing this story are, what does life look like for this person when they're at point A? Like the the example I just articulated, right? What does it sound like? What are their frustrations? What are they feeling? Because we know emotion is super important. We talked about that. Are they hopeful, excited, fearful, stressed out, bored? What is it that they're feeling? What is it like to be them? What are they sick of? What jams them up? Uh, Where are they stuck? And even what have they already tried? That is a a really fun one to play with. You know, like in your case with the best today guide, people have probably tried planner after planner after planner and it's not working for them. So exploring that too. So just using that person and starting to craft that beginning point and really hitting on what does it sound like? What does it feel like to be in that 
starting point. And you can, and you should have these conversations with people, ask them these questions. You don't have to make this up. If you can think of a real person, just start to ask them, Hey, what does it feel like to have this problem? What's it like to be you? What have you tried? What are you feeling? What's frustrating? And that's going to help you really start to carve out the before picture. So that's kind of the first part of the transformation. I love that. Um, I love that. I was just, I was literally seriously taking notes. I'm going to have to put in the show notes to tell people bring pen and paper to this episode um, because that's all, I mean, it's so good. And if you communicate that, and the thing about that is, I think focusing on that will keep you in the discovery, like you were talking about the rather than convincing, because that you're thinking about the person, you're not thinking about the, okay, now, but how do I make it sound like, you know, they should really pay $9.99? You know, you're thinking about, no, where are they right now? Where can I meet them? Um, And I love that because it keeps, the way you're setting this up, it helps keep you in the discovery mode. Yes. Stop making it about you is something I tell people all the time. It's not about you. It's about them. And there's nothing wrong with you if you accidentally do that. We all do that because we're like, where do I come in? How do I solve your problem? It's just human nature. It's just how we are. But you're exactly right. When you're thinking about, okay, I want to tell the picture or paint the picture of what it's like to be them, you're going to naturally shine a spotlight on them instead of kind of just bringing it back to yourself and your own business. So that's absolutely huge. Um, once you have that, once you start to create that picture, then as we talked about, you get to illustrate the after picture. And I think it's also really important to point out that I think for most of us, not everyone, but for most of us, the after picture isn't necessarily a fixed point, right? Like in the work that you're doing, you're never, you don't arrive. And same thing in my world. You don't, you don't ever arrive, but there's still a transformation. We're going to be lifelong students of the things that we're teaching for the most part. Some people like, Hey, maybe you lose the weight and you really do graduate and that's great. But some, in most industries, I think it's more of a continuing story, but it's, it's sort of like 10 steps down the road is what we're kind of trying to focus on. So I'm going to give you some pictures or some pictures, some questions to ask similar to the before picture to help you craft and illustrate that after picture. So the first thing you want to think about, and I know a lot of people have probably heard this idea before. I believe the first person I heard it from was Donald Miller from StoryBrand who talks about creating the hero story, right? Making your one person the hero of the story, that's absolutely going to apply here. Some questions for for getting to this, you know, point B of your transformation are what result would instill the belief that this is a story worth paying attention to? So set a simpler way, what result is going to resonate with people when they like what would make them excited, right? You, we talked about point A, what result is going to make them say, "Okay, I'm I'm listening," right? Um What's going to make them feel that now is the time? Why now? Why is this urgent? What is your customer's dream state? So we've heard about the frustrations. We've articulated the challenges and the shortcomings. What is the dream state? Not to be confused with what's the solution, because if they knew the solution, they don't need you, right? They don't need to buy anything if they have the solution. We cannot look to our customers for the solution. I think that's another common uh, mistake. We need to craft the solution after we do all of this. But that's a question to ask is what would the dream state look like? So in the case of the busy mom who struggles to get dinner on the table, well, it's peaceful mealtime, easy, quick weeknight recipes that are nourishing and my kids will actually eat. That's the dream state. I have no idea how to get there. That's why I need your help. But that's what I dream of, right? What could life look like for them? They haven't figured out how to make it look like that, but what's the possibility? What do they dream of? Um, how how do they want to feel? So right now they're feeling stressed, busy, bored, sad, um, confused. How do they want to feel? Do they want to feel at peace, free? Uh, they want to feel wealth. Do they want to feel uh, lighter in their body? What is it that they want to feel being as specific as possible? And, uh, what is the thing that they have been hoping is possible all along? Like they're skeptically optimistic. They're hoping that they could have this result. What is that thing that they have like what has happened now that they were hoping was possible all along that you have now helped them get to. So that's kind of some, some questions to get you thinking about what that after is going to look like. Mm, I love that. Yeah. And that's, and that's what paints that picture that I was talking about earlier in their head is, Oh, wow. Life could be like this, man. I could actually, like you said, put food on the table. It's calm. It's peaceful. Everyone has like the food that is healthy. It's not just like a frozen pizza. And like, 
this feeling in the transformation is I become the kind of mom who sets, who creates this environment. Um, and really you can teach someone how to do that in many ways, but like it starts to get them to dream, um, and see themselves there. And then they realize, okay, I'm over here. The dream is over there and you're selling me the bridge to get over or the boat to get over. Um, is how I pictured in my head. Exactly right. Exactly yeah. right. And that takes us into the into the next piece of this, which is if it, it, a bridge is a great way to think about it, because what I'm going to get into next is what is the first step that they can take? We know we can't make them just jump over the bridge, right? They have to take it step by step. So what is that one little step that they can take right now to get a quick win and make a little bit of progress? Because that is how you hear people talk all the time about no like, and trust and how important that is for sales. And that's 100% true. Nothing builds trust like a quick win. If, if I am able to take a step in the right direction and it was because of you, you just built a ton of trust with me. Cause I'm saying, okay, I'm listening now because I wasn't able to do this before. What else have you got for me? And that's pr- really priming someone to buy. So the question to ask here is what's one step that your person can take right now to get that quick win and make a little bit of progress. So here's a few examples. I know I always love hearing examples of this. So if your person is a busy mom who, like we were talking about, just wants to feed her family like more healthy foods, could you help her with one easy, delicious recipe that she can start rotating into the family menu once a week? It's just one recipe. Instead of overhauling her whole family's diet, what's one recipe? Maybe it's, you know, Taco Tuesday or something, right? What's one thing that that mom can start doing that's easy and is going to set her up for success? There's an example. Here's an example that I think will really resonate with you, Shantae. If your person wants to start running, but it's completely sedentary, you're not going to have them go out and run 10K tomorrow. That's just going to be way too overwhelming. So could you work with them to develop a walking loop around their neighborhood and have them do three walks a week? Like first step, if they're totally sedentary, they've never run a day in their life. Can you get them to commit to walking three times a week? And can you help them literally craft their route so they know exactly what to do? That's their first step. Ultimately, they'll run that 10K, but you got to literally walk before you can run. If your one person is so sick of clutter and junk around their house and they really want to get organized, I know that's a really overwhelming project that you want to take piece by piece. Could they start by just walking their entire house with a garbage bag and just eliminate the obvious things they don't need? Can they just start throwing away receipts and old, you know, donating old clothes that don't fit? Like just garbage bag, get rid of the toy piece, like the game pieces from board games that have long ago gone to meet their maker, right? Instead of trying to go out to the container store and buying all the jars and stuff, start by eliminating the garbage. So those are just a few examples, but I want to just get everybody thinking about that little itty bitty first step. That is so important. It's going to, and I bet people listening, uh, probably already have an idea of like, what's just that one little thing that you could get people to do right off the jump. Yeah, because you're right, because it it gives people a reward. And there's something that happens when people feel that that kind of like shift, like, oh, something changed. I had a quick win. And they're like, well, if you could do that for me, like, well, what else can you do for me? I want to feel this way again. They feel the reward and they want to recreate that feeling again. So then that's going to bring them back right to you. Yep, 100%. And so the last thing I want to touch on with this is once you know what their first step is, you got to ask yourself, what is your next step, right? So now you know that the one, you know, the one action they need, what are you going to do with that? Like, how are you going to give it to them? And this is where it's really different for each individual person. And I always like to tell people, you have the answer to this. Like, you know what you need to do next. Yes, you can work with a coach to, to help you with that. But oftentimes I find when my students make it this far and they say, okay, I know the one action step I want people to take, they get an idea for how they can procure that. So there's so many different examples, but here's just a few. Um, you can maybe take that one action step and create a foundational piece of content, like a blog series, a podcast series, or a free lead magnet PDF guide, right? You could take that one step and just create a foundational piece of content. That's one thing you could do. You could, maybe you feel ready to actually just dare yourself to go out and try to get your first one-on-one client who you could partner with for three months and just kind of start to help them take step by step by step, starting with that first step that you isolated. Um, Maybe you can make a list of five places that you think 
more people who are similar to your one person are hanging out online and you can kind of start to spend time in those communities and help people take that first step. You could, I mean, I, I think even the example of a paid workshop is a great one. You know, I did that. You're, you've been doing that as well. That's helping people just solve that one little first step. And maybe you make a little bit of money off of that, but ultimately it's building that trust to convert them into one of your higher paying offerings or one of your uh, mentorships, whatever it is that you want to do next. So really starting to ask yourself, okay, I know what the transformation looks like. I know what that first step is. Now, how do I want to help people take it? And truly, once you start focusing on that, I know it might sound cliche, but the sale kind of happens on its own because people are going to know what they need to do. They're going to see the results for themselves and they really will be saying, okay, what do I need to do next? Like, just tell me, give me the answers. And where do I pay? Yes. I love it. And that's the frame. And that's our framework. I love it. It's, it's so easy. Um, and it's simple. Really, let me say that. It's so simple. And I always tell my students, you know, when business starts feeling complicated, you need to stop because you've, you've messed something up. You're, you're doing it wrong because I'm looking at these steps and they one make logical sense um, and two they really are going to help you stay in discovery mode and allow you to market and speak to your audience in a way that it relates to them I was just telling someone today like the saying is true you know people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care your audience has to know you understand where they are in that before before you even tell me about your solution because if you if I know if I believe that you understand my problem then I'm going to believe you are more likely to create a solution for me because you understand the problem so I want to hear more about how you understand my before before you talk to me about how are you going to get me to an after? So I think that's just looking at these steps. They just make such perfect sense. Everyone, y'all need to go back again and take take copious notes. Um, I couldn't agree with you more that once business starts, I think it's so easy for business to start to feel complicated. I actually feel yeah. that's the, simplicity is harder, right? I think um, Steve Jobs said that in one way or another, that the elegant solution, the simple solution is sometimes the hardest. Uh, it's way easy to overcomplicate it and stick your nose in funnels and Facebook ads and all this, these things that are great tools, but they're not it. They're not it. What is it is this bedrock, this foundational transformation. All of those other strategies are just that they're strategy, but they're not the, the, the story. And the story is what people are really going to be compelled by. Yeah, I completely agree. And and this that is what I was listening to you. Um, and I was like, this is also how you, this gives you also content about what to talk about in between. Because that content, again, even though it may not have a direct go buy this, it's still selling because it's communicating to your person. I understand where you are now, or I understand where you want to be now. I like to talk both about where they are now, but I also want to remind them of the place they want to be. And then I also try to show them how, I'm an example of the thing that I think they're trying to reach for to give me some, you know, and that depends on your business, but to also, I always say before you raise a standard, you have to be a stand, be the standard. And so I think by just showing up this, I guess what I was really going to say is this not only helps me with sales, this can help you when you're thinking about, well, what am I supposed to say when I, if I want to get on social media or what do I say if I want to send an email, look at this framework and you're going to say the things she talked about here because that is selling that is said, you know, that is selling. It may not say, click here to buy, but it's selling because it's letting people understand. I understand where you are. I understand where you're going. I understand what you're going through. I understand that you need a first step. Hey, I have a first step. And if you've got that first step, then guess what? I have this thing that teaches you how to do the next step. You know, um, I think so that answers a lot of people's problems, not only with the selling, but creating content. Yes. And I think you even said this too, when we were chatting before we hit record, which is that literally every time you show up, you are selling, whether you think you are or you're not every touch we call it in the sales world, we call it a touch. Like every time you call someone is a touch. Every time somebody watches your Instagram story, that's a touch. You're touching that person. And so Shantae, I'm sure you have this experience where you show up and you create so much amazing content. You've probably had people buy your stuff and say something like, listen, I, I, as soon as I saw you had something for sale, I just bought it because it's you, right? And you are amazing, but that's not the whole reason they're buying. They're buying because you've already sold them. You've sold them with that free content that has already shown them the transformation. So this is what I mean when I say this, people close themselves, people sell themselves because you've built that trust. Every time you have that one little individual 
you know, tile on Instagram, that is a sales conversation. So that when your sales page goes up, it's already a done deal. And that's truly the opportunity that's on the table here. That's that's so true. I mean, this, I'm sitting here thinking like, if you're listening to this podcast episode, no matter where you are in your business, it's helpful. But if like you happen to catch this in your early years, you are avoiding a lot of things that I did not, you know, I mean, I had to learn, Steph had to learn the hard way because I'm like, this is, this is what I do now. But I'm like this, which makes such perfect sense. Isn't how I thought it wasn't my mindset. It wasn't my brain. Um, when I was first getting started and it's just, it makes so much sense and it's so much easier now. It's so much easier rather than thinking about, okay, I need to make $10,000 this month. I need to make $10,000 this month. It's a lot easier to think I need to make sure I'm communicating to people how I understand where they are and what I need to, what, how what I have will help them. Like, it's just, it, it makes all the difference. Um, and it just, yeah, this is so good. So, Okay. You've told us how to sell. You've told us like how to get out of that mindset. What would you say to the person now who's listening and is like, man, this is really good. This is so true. Um, what do I do next? What do I start? What do I do? So I definitely think like Shante said, get your pen and your paper out. And this is one of those activities where I know it's tempting to kind of just like gloss over and be like, okay, I got it. But honestly, I really challenge you to get your pen out and do this exercise. Craft that before and after picture and ask yourself, what is that first step? What's that one little itty bitty action step? And then I want you to think about how can you start articulating that? How can you get, start getting people, take people by the hand and get them to take that first step on the bridge? It's going to look different for everybody, but just start to brainstorm how, what's the easiest and best way for someone to take that first step with you and go from there. Just start on that journey, start taking people with you. And honestly, the rest is going to figure itself out. Just like you were saying, Shantae, about how you have figured out what to like, the ideas just come. You're like, Oh, I just need to do a workshop. Oh, I need to create this product. Like the answers will appear. So often my students are like, I don't know what to sell. I don't know what to make. And it's always a sign to me that they haven't really dug into this exercise because the answer will smack you in the face. If you've done this, if you've been out there, if you find the gap in the market, you'll go, Oh yeah, that's what people need. So put pen to paper and start getting people to take that first step. And honestly, so much is going to come clear that way. Yeah, absolutely. I I mean, mean, please believe us because I'm thinking now, as you said, I thought, okay, I'm going to do this workshop. I loved it. Um, I did it again. And then I realized, okay, we can't get everyone in the workshop because of the fact that on that call, I am talking to each person about their real lives. I can't do that with a hundred people on a, you know, in a workshop. So that's when I said, how do I now solve that problem? We create the digital product, right? And so it's like, and then from that people will learn about the workshop and maybe they'll get in on the next one. But it's like, I wouldn't have even thought about the little thing if I didn't think about the workshop and then realizing, okay, we can't let everybody in. How about everyone has this problem? So how can I at least help the people who can't get in? You know, it really, it really is you start and it will just create like the next step will just appear as you put your foot up, getting ready to step. It really does happen that way. Um, And that's the amazing thing about just taking action. Just get started. Whatever excuse you're about to like tell us out loud while you're listening, we're going to go in and snatch that right now. And we're going to put it in our pockets and leave because you, what you, what did you say at the beginning with what you have, what you know right now is enough to take the next step. I say that all the time. And it's so true. Like whatever it is you have, whatever it is, you know, you can get started right now. And, um, before we tell everybody how they can connect with you and find you and listen to you more in person, um, I wanted to ask you a few fun questions we always like to end. Actually, before we get to those fun questions, I actually have a real-time question. Um, and so it's about kind of this current time that we're living in. I know a, pro- a question I've gotten a lot, but I want to hear your thoughts, particularly because you're an expert when it comes to selling is, so we are in this time period where we have a lot of people now trying to figure out how do I have this conversation with my about real issues going on in the world right now. Right now it's race. It could be something else two years from now, two weeks from now. And because it's a part of me and part of my business, I want to have this conversation, but I don't want that to kind of mess up the businessy side of my business. Like, what are your thoughts on that? Because I've seen you do this. You've shown up and said, no, this matters to me. So I'm going to be talking about that here. If you don't like it, peace out. You said much better than that, but paraphrasing. But like for the person right now in real time, who's like, I'm new to this business or I just was starting to get some momentum, but I feel this way. How do I, is this going to affect sales? How do, how do you help them think through that um, from a business standpoint? 
It's such a good question. A couple of things come to mind. One, and I know you and I are aligned on this, is let your values lead the way. You know, with the race conversation specifically, we have all seen a lot of people trip and fall on this. And it's, in my opinion, it's because you can just feel that it's not coming from a place of pure value. Like it's not embedded in their values. They're not leading with what they actually believe. And so it comes across as almost taking advantage of the situation of trying to say the right thing to save face. And that's going to bite you every time. So I think it's, you know, it comes down to how do you want to show up in your business? For me, I've always been this way and maybe it doesn't work for everyone, but I think everyone should try to find a way to be vulnerable in your business. You know, if you are the leader, which you should be, if you're the CEO of your business, it takes so much pressure off. I like to own up all the time to the fact that I don't know everything. I don't know. I certainly don't know everything about racism. I don't even know everything about my uh, area of expertise. I'm further ahead when it comes to knowing about sales, but that doesn't mean I know everything. And so I just like to share my journey as I go. And I think we have to give ourselves permission to mess this up, no matter what the topic is. And then the second thing is, I think you have to check in with yourself and make sure you're never... This is where it gets tricky. You want to make sure you're not taking advantage of the situation, right? Because you don't want to be looking at current events and saying, how do I turn this into a sales opportunity? Like That's never going to feel good in your body, right? But a different way to approach it is, how do I help? I really felt this one with the coronavirus. I think a lot of us did, where it was like, whoa, a lot of people's lives have just been turned on their head. So my workshop that I did, the paid workshop, was about my year on the wall process. I teach people in January how to plan their whole year. Well, (laughs) that just went into the garbage can. So I felt really called to help people like, hit the, like, let's hit the reset button. Let me help you quell the panic and get back on track. And I sold that workshop for $99. Now that wasn't me taking advantage of the situation. It was me wanting to help people while still, you know, getting compensated for my time. So I think you have to show up with that serving mindset and truly come from a place of how do I help people? But you also want to make sure that, you are listening. If it's your turn to sit down and listen, then you need to be doing that too. So with the race conversation, I think being a white person, I have thought to myself, this is not a time for me to step forward and help. This is a time for me to listen and learn. And so knowing the distinction between when are you being called to help and when do you need to shine on a spotlight, a a spotlight on someone who is better qualified to help. Those are some of the questions to ask yourself. I feel like that wasn't a concise answer, but I've spent a lot of time thinking about this. No, yeah, I just thought about that just because I I know a lot of people have been thinking about that, like, the you know, wherever it is, like you said, they're just not sure how to show up or whatnot. So I was just curious on your thoughts on that. So thank you. Um, okay, so now I'm going to ask us a few round of questions and you just tell me the first thing that comes to your mind. The first one is, what are three things that are always in your fridge or pantry? Ooh, okay. Three things that are always in my fridge or pan- pantry. I love Zevia soda. Like it's sort of, have you ever had it before? It's like sparkling water. Water, but it's it's got stevia. So that's like my favorite drink that's not water. Um, I always have oats in my pantry. Love having oatmeal for breakfast. And what else? Um, usually like a jerky, like a like beef jerky or something to snack on. Okay. Ice cream or cake? Ice cream. Huh. And what song is always in your playlist, on your playlist rotation? Oh man. Um Right now, it, I feel like it changes, but right now it's that Sunday best song. You know that that song is just like a good, it gives me good vibes. It puts me in a good mood. It's a good vibe song. Yeah. What is one superpower you wish you could give every woman business owner? Confidence, confidence. That's good. Mm-hmm. I like that. I'm write that down. And then, what is one trait you wish your you want your daughter to have? And now you have a son, so it could be son, daughter, both, whatever. Two words, I know I'm cheating, but two come to mind because they go hand in hand, kindness and compassion. Yeah, I love that. And lastly, I always like to ask people, what brings you joy? Mm. The first, you said the first thing that comes to mind, freedom, freedom. I'm so motivated by feeling free to make my own choices, to design my life the way that I want to. Just, I'm a type seven on the Enneagram and like freedom is our jam. And so (laughs) that brings me a lot of joy when I wake up every day and I say, I get to figure out what I want to do with this day. It's like, I just, that's why I'm so motivated to do what I do in business because there was a time in my life being in corporate, the corporate world where I didn't feel free. And I think everybody deserves to have that. 
I can relate. I remember the the big bubble on Sunday night. So yes, glad to never have that again. Well, tell us where everyone can connect with you, find you, and we're going to make sure that it's going to be linked in the show notes to today's episodes. But where can we find you to connect? Yes. So I will say if you all liked the this today, I do have a free workshop that goes into a lot deeper, uh, a lot deeper. Like what I just taught you today, you all is like one step of one step of a six-step process. And you can take my six steps to go from crickets to customers training. It is an on-demand training. You can take it anytime you like in your PJs. You don't have to wait for me to show up for it. It's courageandclarity.com slash workshop. That's a really great place to get started. I also have a podcast called the Courage and Clarity Podcast, which is available wherever podcasts are played. Um, and I love hanging out on Instagram at Courage and Clarity. I'd love to hear from you. Just shoot me a DM. It's my favorite way to connect. Thank you. And we will link to all of those in the show notes. I'm so excited that that's on demand. So that means you can sign up for the workshop right now as this podcast episode comes to an end and really dig in, especially if you are already taking so many notes, then perfect time to say, well, I've already got all these notes. I might as well stay in it since I'm here. And you know, the work you can do over the next hour or so can really help to transform your business. So do not let that opportunity pass you by. Thank you so much, Steph, for being here today on the Business Life Enjoy podcast. Again, we will put links to everything in the show notes. And thank you for coming to share your knowledge. I feel like today was like a, like we got really a lot of free information, y'all. I feel like I should send you a, you should send me an invoice. This was so good. <laughs> to help our audience out because I really believe if you all took notes in this, you can truly go out there and become a selling machine in a good way. I love it. Thank you so much for having me. It was such a blast. See, I told y'all, was that not so good? Like so many things. The discovery mode is so key. Like make sure you don't miss out on that part. It is, it's what makes a difference between someone who, who naturally attracts people and they're like throwing money at them versus the person where you're like, Mm, she working a little too hard. Like you don't want to be in that convincing mode. There were so many things I wrote down that she said that just made so much sense. And I wish I knew when I was really early starting in being a business owner. Um, so if you haven't already, get your pen, get your paper, go back to listen. And again, if you want to connect with Steph, we have all of the ways you can do that on the podcast show notes today, which you can find at shantagrant.com forward slash 164. That's shantagrant.com forward slash 164. Thank you so much for being present with us today for the episode with Steph. And don't forget to go and tag her on Instagram and show her lots of love. Until next week or until the next episode that you listen to, which could really be in a few minutes. Um, be well, my friends, and I'll talk to you again real soon. If you enjoy listening to the Business Life Enjoy podcast, you are going to love the Best Today Guide. The Best Today Guide is designed to help you get clear on what you want and provide a simple three-step process to guide you toward your vision for the future one today at a time. Order yours today at besttodayguide.com and join the community of women who choose to show up as their best one today at a time. Visit besttodayguide.com and order your guide today. Let's journey together. Let's journey together.